0: Hello everybody, welcome to Heads Up Hockey, this is Jersey Joe, this is going to be a new season of Heads Up Hockey and today's topic will be about where are we going to project the Metropolitan standings and what are we going to expect with this year's team versus last year's teams in the Metropolitan for The Eastern Conference. So with that being said, um, I do want to start off. I sent something to a good buddy of mine from the Locked on Devils podcast, Trey Matthews. I did a little research uh, before I started today's podcast. And this is thanks in part to hockeyprospecting.com. For those who don't know, it's by Byron Bader. He does a lot of really good research whether it's analytics or statistics and prospects. um, I'm a big prospects guy, and we can't have the NHL without prospects because how are you supposed to have the future stars of tomorrow become the players of today? So with that being said, let's get into business. So... I brought this up to my buddy Trey Matthews. I said, take note into this from hockey prospecting. The Pens are 30th overall and looking to produce five NHLers. No start players expected. Um, then I also mentioned, you know, the cap problems and the lack of depth in their farm team with the Penguins just getting older in the core. Yes, the core is still there, but. How long is that core going to last? Um, that's a big question I have for the management team in Pittsburgh, is that how will they be able to hold on long enough for an 82-game season? And if they are able to sustain last year's success, will they be able to get out of the first round? That's my biggest question. Um, Then you move on to the Washington Capitals. I know the Capitals won a Stanley Cup a few years ago uh, with Alex Ovechkin around, but there's no more Niklas Backstrom. So with that being said, the Capitals are 28th overall on Hockey Prospecting's uh, overall prospect pool. And they're expected to produce zero star players, about seven NHL players to be produced. Now, with that being said... The Caps are like a few years away of having their playoff window closed, maybe a little sooner. Um, with that being said, I do think over time, things will shift. Um, where do I put this? The Rangers are likely going to be a top-three team. They're 22nd overall in the system. Guys like Zach Jones or Nils Lundqvist will likely be their star players um coming up or any of that matter uh if you look at that that's like one or two star players that the rangers could have and the expected nhlers is about eight in the rangers farm system now with that being said the rangers could move a few players by the deadline to try and ensure that they have another goaltender other than halak and Sh- and shestark and that. But Shusterk is going to be the number one goaltender for them. So, with that being said, I don't think the Rangers have a problem, you know, competing for a top three, top four spot in the Metropolitan. Um, now, we move down to the Long Island. It's the New York Islanders, Lula Morello. Uh, the prospect pool is very, very, very thin to none. And it's 31st overall. And. Only six stars being probable, but hold on a sec, that can't be right. Let me double-check that. Only under one, technically. But there's expected NHLers of uh, six. So that being said, the Islanders will likely have to make a lot of external moves, Uh, They do have Alexander Romanov that they traded for, for a defenseman. So, a lot of their decor is getting older, but they're still in the middle of their prime. But it's important that Lula Amarillo doesn't waste their prime years. Uh, Carolina is 12th overall with 1-2 to expected star players and near 13 players to grow in their farm system. So... With that being said, I see Carolina being one of the top three teams in the Metropolitan, likely going to move past the second round in the NHL's uh, Eastern Conference. I can see that being a thing uh, this year for a lot of hockey fans. And moving on to the Philadelphia Flyers, yes, they do have the 10th overall Uh, ranking with the prospect pool by Hockey Prospecting. However, they're looking to produce one to two stars, and that could help them out and maybe move a few bad contracts. But at the same time, they're looking to produce about 10 NHL players this season. So Chuck Fletcher, if he underperforms again, I see him getting the boot in Philadelphia because I know a lot of Flyer fans are very upset with the way the team's been run under him. And as a, someone who covers the Devils in an unofficial manner, I know Chuck Fletcher was an assistant to Ray Shiro years back, and things you know worked out for Fletcher to move on to uh, Philadelphia later that season. But that being said, Chuck Fletcher's not made the most out of his GM stint in Philadelphia, and it's just not paying off very well. And I think over time, Philly's going to make a move. And I don't have the highest uh, hopes for Philly because of the way they're run. Um, Now, I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but hockey prospecting put the Devils at fifth overall best farm club. Uh, they're expected to produce two to three star players uh, to come out of their farm system to be made into over eight NHL players to be grown in the farm system, which they have very good uh, production thanks to their staff in Utica now. Um, Sergey Breland did get Uh, a job recently, and he is someone who's going to not only work with players individually before the games, but he's also going to work on the penalty kill, he's going to also help be the eye in the sky, and Chris Taylor will be the guy who moves on from the eye in the sky job to on the bench with the Devils. So the Devils have a lot of experience on their staff, especially now that Andrew Burnett is power play coach, but looking to be the successor to Lindy Ruff and is a fan of Lindy Ruff's and looked up to him. And you can look at it this way, that if anything goes wrong with Lindy Ruff in his final year of his contract, I don't see Lindy Ruff being fired per se, but I see him being more transitioned to a different role in the Devils' front office where he could be a scout, he could be a development skills coach guy, someone who's very well-respected in the NHL, and someone that the Devils players like Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt really like. So I don't see the term mutually parting ways. I see the term mutually uh, moving to the next step up. Because I remember when in the... Utica. It was before Utica came, but Mark Dennehy was the Binghamton Senators. I mean, the Binghamton Devils coach, rather. And when he had his last season with Binghamton, he then became a pro amateur scout. So this was a different transition. So I see Fitzgerald transitioning other people around. So with that being said. Um, Columbus, we have Columbus gets second overall with the prospect pool. They're looking to produce two to three star players expecting nine NHLers to come from their farm system. So with that being said, I think there's going to be a few shifts here and there in the Devils and Metropolitan, uh, like the transition that's going to happen over time. I did mention this in my notes to Trey Matthews, I said. As we all know, I probably said this before, but I will recap it. As we all know, the Philadelphia Flyers under GM Chuck Fletcher was the was only able to improve the team off the 22-23 NHL draft and brought in right-handed defenseman Tony D'Angelo this offseason. He failed to bring in Southwest New Jersey native Johnny Goudreau, who went to sign a long-term deal with Columbus because they didn't have enough space uh, to bring him in and sign him. The Flyers' cap and asset management has a lot of problems going forward. However, the Flyers have the 10th-best prospect pool per hockey prospecting. Philly is expected to produce under two-star players in their system. On the other hand, Fletcher's system... Looks to produce over nine NHL players. Will this help or hurt Philly? It's going to be a go hard for Bedard and muscle it out for Matvey Michkov. So with that being said, I do want to go over last year's Metropolitan standings. And I'm going to do that compared to my projections. So with that being said, I'm going to have a sip of my smoothie here. So, last year the Hurricanes got 116. This year I I project 110. I expect the Metropolitan to tighten up. And last year the Rangers had 110. This year I have the Rangers getting 99. I expect to see it get tighter as a drum. And the Penguins had 103. I think the Penguins are going to fall off because of age and the way that they're pool of prospects in their farm system is set up, not as good as it used to be, and it's going to be a lot harder to make uh, a hockey trade. So it's going to be a lot harder to move assets. and I have the penguins going down to around 80 to 85 points because they are getting older, they're not as fast, they're still dangerous in some ways, but they're not a team on paper or in depth that scares you a whole lot outside Malkin and Crosby. But at the same time, the Capitals are still a very dangerous team. Uh, They had 100 points. I have the Capitals getting 95. Now, with that being said, there will be a bit of a drop-off in the goalie department because there's no more uh, Vanacek. There's no more Samsonov. So look at that being a problem. Now, I upgraded the Devils this year because they have a young guy in Jack Hughes, Niko Heischer, Igor Sharangovich. I look at the... Coaching staff as a plus. I look at the defense as something that's really growing. And you look at that, you added on top of Blackwood, who's going to come back. And maybe if Jonathan Bernier is healthy, you already have Vitek Vandichak in that. You're looking to steal some games and more likely make up a lot of lost ground. And a lot of the games that the Devils lost were due to the power play and a lot of goalie issues and COVID. Now that the Devils are going to look like a more healthier team, they could end up being third or fourth in the division. So I have the Devils with 97 points. So that's something I see them at max and no less than 92. So I look for the Devils be 3rd or 4th in the division. In this case, I have them at 97. I have the capital is 95. So there's a bit of a drop-off. Uh, Blue Jackets, I see them gaining 5 points over last year from 81 to 86 because they added Johnny Goudreau. But you've got to see if the Blue Jackets fill some holes at center. That's the only problem. Um, I have with the jackets uh the penguins, like I said, I see them dropping by twenty three points because the like I said prospect pool you got aging stars you got you know a lot of guys who are just may not be able to perform to their their peak level, so what does that mean under performance and then Eventually, you're going to have to move on from the old guard. Now, with that being said, the Islanders, they were able to get 84 points last year. However, with their defense, I know they can be very good on defense, but uh, offensively and goaltending-wise, will Ilya Sorokin be able to save more games? Will he be able to have those uh, goal supports, I'm starting to think no. Um, Right now, the Isles and the Penguins are bubble teams in in my book. And if anything bad happens to the Islanders, they really are super duper thin on their prospect pool where it could affect their core. And this will make uh, the GM and front office in Pittsburgh make irrational decisions. Um, With that being said, the same could be said with the Islanders. Islanders are very, very thin. Their prospect pool is very, very young, but they're nowhere near ready. So with that being said, it's going to be a very deep season. I see... Teams like the Penguins, the Isles, and eventually the Flyers tank for Bedard. Or as a colleague of mine says, having it go hard for Bedard. Or I say, Is people are going to muscle it out for Michkov. So with that being said, I'm not trying to sound like a homer. But I still see the Hurricanes, Rangers, Capitals uh, being the, the three originals. Uh but I see the doubles being that fourth team in this year um getting a wild card. And yes, that is my dog Charlie. She is speaking out loud listening to the podcast. So with that being said, being in at seventeen minutes and thirty-nine seconds, you know, there's a lot of fluctuation. In this metropolitan uh, division, there's been a lot of interesting things happening this off season, and it's not going to be as runaway as it used to be. Like the first couple teams would just be beating down on the first couple four teams, and you look at American Thanksgiving, you're going to see the the separation of contenders versus pretenders. and that's going to be a good bellwether and one of the things i will say is the the rangers have a very good team and the carolina hurricanes are only going to get better. columbus can you know exceed my expectations if they improve at the center depth and yes, they've been drafting super well. Why? Because of Yarmo Kekalainen has been able to retain a lot of his prospects. Look at Kent Johnson. He's played so well for Hockey Canada, helping them and Connor Bedard winning a gold medal. And that's just a piece of their product. Where you look at the way that they're built. Down the road, Columbus can be a very, very dangerous team when the other three hockey powers do shift. And I do want to say this. In three to four seasons, you're going to look at it this way. The Rangers on cap friendly, if their cap isn't managed well and if uh, Chris Jury, their GM, doesn't handle things with Artemi Panarin, and he and Panarin have discord like they had in the offseason after the Rangers lost to the Bay Lightning. The big thing will be is, <clears throat> will Panarin want out? I know he loves New York and he wants to be a Ranger, but will he want to stay long enough? Or will Chris Jury be relieved of his job? But at this point... I see Chris Jury staying longer than Panarin. Why? Because Panarin's getting older in his career. He's still a great sniper, don't mind me saying that as a Devils fan, but you look at it on the business side, that the Rangers are built a certain way, and they might be able to flip him for younger stud players and a prospect that could help open up their window a little bit longer to help out the Blue Shirts on Broadway. However, if the Islanders develop and draft better, and if they do move on from Lou Lamorello, I think they will be able to uh, not (coughs) not expedite, but improve their internal farm system and improve their... AHL team in Bridgeport and their team in uh, Long Island at UBS Arena. Now, with that being said, I do see this division being more interesting and not as bad as uh, and tight as the other years, but I see it being more competitive and (coughs) the goaltending. Is still going to be superb. So, with that being said, um, for those of you who want to come on heads up hockey, you want to recommend any other topics. You want to follow me. I'm at uh, Jersey Joe Eleven on Twitter. So I actually have my full Twitter right here. It's Jersey Joe Eleven underscore NJ. So if you follow me on Twitter, I'm there. This is Heads Up Hockey, and thank you for listening. Hope to hear from you soon. Have a great day.